Hello, everyone. This is the Home Buyers Hour, and my name is Charlie Belfontaine, and I just want to thank you for tuning in. Um, in our studio today, we got probably one of the biggest real estate agents that we've had and his whole team on the on our show so far. His name is Rich Aronson. Um, he's with Berkshire Hathaway. Is that correct? Correct. In the Avenue Group. Hey, everyone. In the Avenue Group. And you, you got a pretty big team. How many people do you have working with you? Uh, myself and seven others. Outstanding. And then on the phone with us, we have Mark McCutcheon from Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Hello. Hey, Mark. And Mark, you've been in the business for about five years and stuff. You're doing good. And Joey, what's the name of your company? The Federal Savings Bank. And don't you have to do some sort of legal baloney stuff with and, numbers? Well, when I'm introducing myself, yeah, so Joey Matthews, NMLS ID, 1330694. And last but not least is Vinny. I don't I don't even know where we're going at. Is it hot stuff, hot sauce, the real deal? What, what is your name now? I keep trying. You know, it's sad because nothing either sticks or all I get is ridicule, Charlie. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're, you're not going to get ridicule well, from me. So thanks, guys, for I, being here with us. And then, so... And, you know, Vinny, if you don't mind, Vinny, I'm sorry, Vince, tell us your business name and where you guys are located at. Sure. Uh, we are the Arikio Law Offices. We do real estate. And this year, guys, I'm celebrating 25 years as an attorney. So I've been doing it a while. That's pretty and cool. Very cool. Thank you. And not quite as, I'm not quite as seasoned and gray as you, Charlie, but yes, yes. You're, you got hair, all right? I don't even have hair coming in here. So I'll take I'll take the hair over anything else and season and you name it. So. I was trying to throw you a bone, but now you let the bag, you let the cat out of the bag. There. I'm actually on TV right now with my, what little hair I have left. So the good news is, yeah, Rich is Rich isn't that much different than me. So we got a couple of few noggins here, and we put well, the the good looking guys on the on the radio side, and and the bald guys are going to be on TV here as we're streaming live. So anyway, I'm going to turn his say again. I said we flipped it on its head for this podcast. No, yeah, no lie. So, <laughs> um, Rich, I'm going to turn it to you a little bit. I want to hear before we go into the whole real estate process. I want to hear about this American Dream show, all right? And sure, what do you want to know? I want to know, what is it about? What do you do? You know, what are the plans of it? I mean, I've watched some of the videos, and I was actually very impressed. So give us some scoop. Sure, well, thanks. So it is the only non-network produced television show about real estate, lifestyle, and culture. It's national. Uh, they started here in Chicago six months ago. I was one of the first people they picked up. Um, the owner, Craig Sewing of Ignite Media. He's based out of San Diego. He's a well-known author, wrote The American Dream, uh, started doing the TV show eight seasons ago uh, out of San Diego. It's really grown nationally there. Yeah, I know they're in Florida this week looking to pick up people in Florida. I have actually referred one of my Florida friends to them nice. for the show. Um, it's really... It's run by realtors. So the nice thing, the reason it appealed to me is top quality professional TV content video, but I get to tell the story I want to tell. So I get to showcase the property I want to showcase. I can interview a guest. I can go to a neighborhood hotspot. I can show what, you know, what it is to do real estate in Chicago, not just selling and buying, but living the real estate life. Showing what people, what life is like in these neighborhoods or cities or towns or villages. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so Chicago now has 78 neighborhoods. They just added another one. Oh, it's I, the new 78, technically uh, 77, but 78. And is that the Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Yards? That's the, the one south of Roosevelt. Um, oh, no. Yep, that's it. Called the seventy-eight. Okay. Uh, I believe Related Midwest is developing that. Uh, it's going to be huge. Very similar to what Link, uh, Sterling Bay is doing at Lincoln Yards. So they're just giving it a number. They're not going to give it a name. Uh, it's not named yet. It's called the seventy-eight. All right. I think they're probably. If I would. It's the hip. Go ahead. Yeah, I would. I would put it out there and let you know do like they did with the alligator in Humboldt Park and let them name the neighborhood. I think we'll get some pretty interesting ideas if you go that way. I think so too. But I'd be afraid what they did in. I think it's England or whatever they put it out there where they can name a new um, battleship that they had on there and it was something like Bodie McBodalot or something. And, and I know, it's like, you know, he, that's the one that won. And I'd be like a little bit afraid. What are we going to, you know, name this neighborhood? I'd be nervous and I mean, stuff. Chance the Snapping Alligator in there. I mean, come on. I support Chalupa Batman as the city name. I do too. And then um, we do have Devin Tingle here. That's whose voice you did heard. He's our producer. And you can also hear Devin's radio show, the Sports Cubicle. 
it's on Sunday nights at nine o'clock. So let's um, that's outstanding, and I can't encourage people. They can find it on what Facebook and it's I know that on Amazon, Roku. Uh, you can find it on WGN. It's on one Saturday, usually the second Saturday of every month, 10.30 a.m. on WGN. That's cool. Um, yep. That's one of the other reasons why I decided to do it is because it's local. It's Chicago. Yeah. I'm a Chicago guy, lifelong Chicago, and love it here. You and me both. Yeah, and I think you so that, you got two degrees going, too, right? Uh, I have a degree in corporate banking and finance, and I'm also an attorney, though I don't practice anymore. All right. So, um, ILL? I-L-L-I-N-I. All right. Thank just you was for that doing the Northwestern that. Illini game last weekend, and we won just barely. Uh, by enough. No, no. Just uh, barely. <laughs> Palpitations in the stands. Absolutely. And then also DePaul, if I read right. DePaul for law school. That's correct. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, may, may I ask what years you were there at DePaul? Uh, I know you're just playing a lawyer on radio, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. Pl- I used to be a lawyer lobbyist for the property casualty industry. That was my first job in, in life as an adult. Uh, but but uh, I went to DePaul, graduated in 90. Oh, okay. Yeah. I graduated in 97. Just, just yeah, I'm a, little, I, I'm a little older. I know I don't have hair, but I, I am older. <laughs> and handsome. I, I also graduated from DePaul in uh, 2002. Nice. Oh, nice. Very nice. Oh, boy. So we got a lot of blue demons going in here, which is pretty cool. And I, that's actually interesting, your lobby is. You know, one of the... I, I'm actually the president of the Illinois Association of Home Inspectors. And because our license expired um, December 31st, 2021, um, we got in, you know, basically started working on developing a whole new license law with the idea of PR. And we had to hire our own lobbyist. Bridget Doherty is her name. She's just phenomenal in doing everything. Great connections, was able to maneuver through everything. And and we got some great additions. And now we're working on the rules. You know, we had the act done, but now we got to get the rules going. But that's... Enough of that. That was my prior life. You know, I liked it. It was interesting. I traveled a lot, but I always knew I wanted to get into real estate. I've been, I was walking around construction sites in the Lincolnwood Towers where I grew up since I was seven and eight years old. So, and this is a blast. People don't realize how rewarding what we do is. Um, You know, it it goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it's food, water, shelter, right? So, home ownership is also the American dream. You know, you add in the basic needs and the American dream together, and we take part in helping people buy homes that their families are going to be enjoying for a long time. And I know when we get done with the home inspection process, and Mark, you know, jump in on this anytime, but when I'm done, people look me right in the eye and they say thank you. And they grab my hand with their right hand and they shake my right hand and they hand us a big fat check, you know, with the left hand. Well, you're adding value, which is literally what they, what the buyer or the seller looks for at every step along the process. And if Absolutely. you're not adding value, then you're not competitive in today's marketplace. And I'm sure that's the same even for the attorney, for the mortgage person. You know, everybody, none of us are doing this no. in a vacuum. Absolutely. And these are some pretty smart people that I have, you know, on the phone call with us here. And, and let's get into that. You know, the whole thing I like to do is go through the whole process. So... Talk to me about your onboarding of a new client. And I don't care if it's a buyer or a seller. You know, give me an onboarding. What makes, you know, start off with what makes you special. So, you know, my how I sell myself, and most of my business is referral because I've been doing this in my 24th year. Um, but I, my competitive advantage is because I have an attorney education and experience, because I'm a developer, because I'm a rehabber, I do construction. I just know more than the average realtor in detail about construction, about how things work, about how the finance process works. You know, I stay in my lane unless my clients ask me for specific advice. Uh, I don't give legal advice because realtors do not practice law. I'm sure the lawyers will appreciate that. Um, (laughs) But if it's a question that I feel they should be asking the attorney, I'm like, you know, that's something you need to ask your attorney about because that's a legal issue. And they're like, but you're a realtor. And I'm like, look, I can give you my opinion, but it's the opinion of a realtor. You need the opinion of a licensed lawyer because it's a legal issue. Same thing with an inspector. I know construction. I know how things work. Uh, The reason you refer someone to an inspector is it's an independent third party validating or not validating what I, as as a realtor, may have seen or perceived. 
You know, you're the insurance. You're the next layer of protection for the buyer or the seller. You know, a lot of my sellers don't want to do an inspection prior to listing the home. I suggest that because we identify what the areas of concern may be that a buyer will bring up. Because that's where the rubber hits the road when there's something that was discovered that isn't as it was expected. I hear a lot of negative on the pre-listing inspections. And I think it was best, and we're going to have this real estate agent on here in the future. She, you know, brought it up to me, goes, you know, I, I got divorced and I got remarried. And when I started dating, she's like, you know, do you tell them all your medical flaws or your bad things on the very first date? You know, and they're like, no, you know, I don't. He says, you know, you want to fall in love with someone and then, okay, you're going to, you know, tell and them. learn about their errors you know, not, over time. Exactly. Yes. I'm not perfect. And, and she kind of equated the real estate process to that sort of stuff. You really don't want to come clean with all the bad stuff. And especially with a company like ours, we pride ourselves on a long list that we make. You know, it doesn't, it's not always helpful. And, and as much as I don't like it, I can relate to it. Well, it really depends. It's situational. Like it when the, when, right? Yeah, Say I again. definitely like it when the realtors are kind of, uh, you know, an advocate with us, you know, that they want to get discovered all the stuff that's there, too, so that, you know, they can verify and move on with the transaction, you know, exactly how it should be. Um, no covering up, you know, anything or trying to push the sale through just to make a, a, a quick buck and whatnot. Well, you do this long enough and it's really servicing your client. So if it's a seller, knowing exactly the condition of what they're selling is, defining what is, is, is important. The more they understand that, they might be willing to make a thousand or two thousand dollars worth of minor cosmetic or, you know, minor repairs, service and clean a furnace, as an example, mm -hmm. before you know you're going to list your house, clean your gutters, little things. Those are the little things that raise red flags in an inspector's eyes mm -hmm. and then cause additional investigations. Uh, properly changing your furnace filter every couple of months versus never changing your furnace filter. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of little things. Um, I'm yeah. not afraid to give it's my clients. The first go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. Sir. Oh, no, I was I give my I, clients I, I, honest, yeah. honest advice. That's what they want from me. That's what they value. Absolutely. And I always throw out there the good, fast and cheap. Anytime you get any sort of construction, those are the three magic words. Good, fast and cheap. But people don't realize you only get two. So when we come in there during the negotiation process or the, what's it called? I know, Vince, what's it called? The attorney approval period? or Modification, attorney modification and review. Is that what it is? So that's yeah. where you can yeah. nix everything else in the first five days. And it's also the home inspection's got to be done in that time frame. All right. True, so we go, we go there, we do our, our magic and we get this list. And now you don't you don't have you got to it's got to be fast so you can't get rid of fast so now it's not going to be good or it's not going to be cheap one of the two and getting these things getting out ahead of the game I can't stress it enough but I'm digressing all right so I'm going to switch us back to more of onboarding you know and going back to you Rich tell me about your onboarding process so you know I'll get a call from you know seller Steve I'm thinking of interest I'm thinking of selling my piece of property can you come meet me give me a seat you know ask for a comparative market analysis obviously the number one thing most sellers or buyers want to know is price so what you got to be get? you got to be prepared um, I don't ever give someone my professional opinion or estimation on value without seeing the property I'll you know they'll call me and say oh I've got a three bedroom in you know Edgewater I'm like well generally it's this but until I see it I can't tell you condition matters location you know obviously location matters but light vent exposure you know what's next door is there an empty building next door is there a vacant lot next door mm -hmm. are you next to a hotel are you next to a car wash you know it matters um so i go and i visit the client uh, i come prepared i've already done my due diligence like a good attorney so that i am i know what questions to ask and i assume i know what the answers will be but i'm prepared for what questions the, the seller will ask and that's you know sellers almost always especially in the market we're in right now have a I'll say an inflated sense of what their home is worth, you know, okay. uh, which is typical. It's an emotional connection. Um, my job is really cli is client expectation management. So if they think they're, you know, I was on a listing appointment two weeks ago. The woman told me she knew her house was worth a million one. I'm like, well, it's been on the market with another realtor at a million one. It hasn't sold. It's been on the market by yourself for sale by owner. Didn't sell. Obviously, it's not the right price. 
Well, she argued with me for three hours that I'm wrong. It's not. It is the right price. It's that hasn't been marketed right. And so what I explained to them is what, you know, what can you bring to the table differently? And I'm like, I explained what I can bring to the table differently, but I can't change the data. Right. And the comps are the comps. And a lot of the time it's literally, you know, making sure your client understands the data. This is a data different business. The mortgage, if there's a mortgage, it's got to appraise. You can offer whatever you want, you know, you win the bidding war, but if you find out you paid 550 for something that appraises for 500, your buyer is not going to pay 500, 550,000 for that. They won't be able to get the loan. That's and, correct. And they got to come up with the extra 50 grand. And I don't know, Joey, if you don't mind jumping on some of this with, you know, the pre-approval process and, and what you do, differently than and let's get that out in the open too there's 60,000 licensed real estate agents out there in the state of illinois there's 1800 licensed home inspectors and i don't know how many loan officers or attorneys there are but i know those numbers got to be higher we are not all equal all right this sounds arrogant and pompous i get it i don't care i feel that the people on our team are phenomenal i feel that the people that are on this radio show right here now with me are phenomenal and i can't stress that enough so joey please um tell rich you know your process for putting somebody through and making sure that there's not going to be any hiccups down the road yeah so uh, i mean right off the bat i'm i'm, I'm nuts uh and it's uh, it's really good business <laughs> for me um no if someone starts uh starts on my pre-approval i'm walking them through it uh they're uploading their docs and as they're uploading their docs i'm watching them come in i'm looking at their bank statements i'm making sure i don't see any strange deposits i'm making sure that i'm not dealing with a, a gift that they didn't disclose to me and if there is you know getting a gift letter out i'm uh i'm looking at, at, at pay stubs if i see a deduction and it says child support on there and they didn't tell me about it i i have to include that you know so there's just a lot of things that you can stumble oh there's really lazy lenders out there and that's like my thing you know don't trust lazy lenders they're just going to be like yeah this realtor sent me this this great referral and i'm just going to pre-approve them and eventually i'm going to fall flat on my face and i'm going to look like an a-hole i try to avoid that like the plague i don't think we can uh, start I, using some of those words joey i'm going to ask you to watch it a little last week too but i'm so sorry <laughs> he censored himself well, all he did was play. All we did was say there's like a hole in the ground. Oh, yes. I misunderstood. I get hyped up. I know last week I was in the studio. I was waving my hands. I'm still doing it right now. Uh, <laughs> Wave anyway. away. No, but like I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I've never had a borrower denied. Ever. I've never had a borrower denied. Thousands of transactions, nothing like that. Uh, it, I told my team yesterday, I got a team of a bunch of bankers. I'm like, if you ever have a borrower denied, you're done. I'm not going to play with that stuff because these are people's homes. These are people's hearts. Like this is stuff that absolutely matters. So, and it could be pre-planned. Yeah. It could be, you know, as long as you well, Rich was just saying it earlier, you know, you get those expectations understood and met, you prepare the client. And if it's not going to work, get it to them in the beginning. Don't waste everybody's time. And if it is going to, and if there's a way to fix it, fix it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if I'm meeting a buyer, my first, you know, Obviously, you want to meet them, you want to build, start the relationship. But my first question is, given the market we're in, and this is how I explain it, we are in a multi-bid market on almost every piece of property. So if I show you something and you like it, if you're not pre-approved, that property's gone. Yeah. It's not going to come back. We've lost it. Yeah. That, And given that we're in a low inventory environment, there may not be a similarly equal property that you like. So I call it a one-shot-or-not environment. You've got to step up to the plate and hit the ball. If you swing and miss, it's gone. You, right. You're not going to get another shot. But you uh, swing at least. You got and you're prepared and you practice and you're ready to do it. You know, a lot of people, you know, call. Oh, I was just looking online. Hey, I'm happy to help you. Let me understand your situation, where you are in your process. So I put people in red, green, and yellow. So. This is interesting. In terms of how I how I view them in terms of the process. So green is you're good to go. Yellow is you're cautious. You're interested, but you're, you know, maybe you're a little bit more than a couple months out. Maybe you haven't sold your house yet. You know, right now, sales contingent offers are not very well perceived in the marketplace mm. because the seller's like, I don't want to wait for your thing not to sell. And by the way, the first question, well, if it's listed and hasn't sold, what are you, are you overpriced or what's wrong with mm. it? So, um, 
literally, you know, it's like your Johnny Appleseed. You have to plant the seed and nurture it. And that's the same with the client. The client may not be ready to buy or sell today. And your job is to evaluate where the client is and when they'll be ready. And I've had people who take two and a half years to get to the point to where they first contacted me and then they're actually ready. Especially I the admire last... the patience, though. Those are some of the best. Oh, but I am. Have, if you have ever met me, I am the least patient person <laughs> by character ever. I want to do it yesterday. Why didn't you call me yesterday? If you called me yesterday, I could have done it for you two days ago. Yeah. I so, you know, them. Yeah. And then it's also the hurry up and wait, which I also love. So, you know, you got to play to your audience. Literally, I, it's, it's it, Charles, Ch Charlie, and I were talking earlier. We're here to provide information. But what distinguishes you from everybody else is how you interact with the customer. So I call it entertainment. If I'm entertaining, engaging, and informative, that probably is a customer I have for life, yeah. right? It's like a relationship. It is I, a relationship. It's like dating. So if you go on your first date and your conversation is how horrible your last relationship was, that date isn't going well as a general rule, no. right? So. Focus on what matters. Listen, you know, listening to the client, most important thing. Hearing the client. Right. Hearing, right. There is a difference. There, no, no, there is. But in order to hear, you must listen. Absolutely. I, you know, I go on, when I do go on uh, listing appointments and it's competitive, you know, the first thing people say is, we love your energy. And I'm like, well, that's great. But I've got some questions. And they're like, questions? And I'm like, well, I listened to what you had to say. Here are my questions. And they're, you know, they're like, it's an interview both ways. It is. You know, a lot of realtors go in thinking, you know, I got to impress them. Honestly, I go in thinking the client needs to impress me because I don't necessarily know if I've been doing this for 20 years. That may not be the right client for me. You got it. And I, and I call it the fit. You know, there's got to be a good fit. And that always is there. Right. All I, right. I've had people who didn't. Honestly, I've had people who didn't want to work with me because I'm bald. Seriously, seriously. You're uh, one hot, sexy ball. Oh, yeah, guy. thank you. Let me go right out there. Hey, hey, hey. So I've had people who didn't want to. Charlie, it takes one to know one, though. Uh -oh. That's what you're... It's a bromance. But, so, but I've had people who, so I've had people who didn't want to work with me because of the car I drive, because of my religion, okay. because of where in the city I live. That one I understand. Yeah. Proximity is important to, to relationships and to real estate. The others, eh, not so much. Yeah, it's a different world we live in. You know, it, it things are becoming more judgmental. But again, I don't want to get onto any of that. Right, and that's why I try to yeah. keep it. Data is not judgmental. No. Right. Numbers you, are facts. Number. Absolutely. As an attorney, just yeah. the facts. I anybody can argue, and you know, I and here's the thing: I've had clients who've asked me to persuade them that they were wrong, and I'm like, we're wrong how? Like. Tell me I'm persuade me that my wrong I'm wrong on my listing price. And I'm like, oh. and I'm like, I'm not here to argue. Yeah. This is the data. The data either supports or does not support the fact, you know, what you want. Um, now, that doesn't mean that in an um, you know, up vector market that pricing is aggressive. You can't try things. Yeah. But, you know, there are different strategies. You price things to sell. You price things to excite. You price things to leave room to negotiate. A lot of it depends on what the client wants. But that's, that again, listening and hearing your client. So once they're on board, find out what they want. Usually you meet them at a specific property if they're a buyer. But I always come with three or four other similar. So if, I'm, if you ask me to show you a three-bedroom, two-bath in Edgewater in a high-rise, I'm going to come with three or four other three-bedroom, two-baths. Probably a few in a high-rise, but maybe one in a low-rise because the assessments are going to be less. So one of my questions is, do you need a doorman? Do you need a pool? Yeah. You know, do you need the extra security? Because you're paying for that. So, you know, it, it, it's client driven. You're the same, you know what I mean? If you add value add, if your client thinks that you have added something of value to the transaction, they, they appreciate that and they respond to that. And Absolutely. for a realtor, like with an attorney, a referral is the greatest compliment. I love when I get a five-star review. Yay, I can post it on social media and be like, gee, my clients think great of me, yeah. but I like when I get a referral. Of course, because then it's legit. Because that you means they, don't, they not only like you, they trust, they trust you and yes. they want you to take care of another friend or family member. As much as you took care of them. Yep. So let's, you know, and I, and I love it. I'm just all smiles right now and stuff like that. It just makes me happy. Yeah. But let's, um, I want to keep moving on the process a little bit. And I might be getting a little bit out of order, 
you know, when do you bring in an attorney? When does that all start? So if I'm if I'm listing a home for a seller, one of my main questions that I ask them when we're doing the listing is, do you have have you done a home inspection? You know, if you bought the home 20 years ago, what have you done to improve it? Would you be open to having a home inspector come in so that they could give us the sense of what a buyer's perspective on your property is? It's very important. Be prepared. Let's what's going to happen. Let's know before, because when when the water heater comes up, you know, to be an issue or there's an ice dam like right now on the there's gutter. So many of those. Right. It's an easy solution, but it always, you know, it's drama if it isn't identified ahead of time. If you know it's an addressable issue when mm-hmm. it's identified ahead of time, it's a emotional issue when it's not. So for an attorney, if it's a seller, I like to know that the attorney has the seller from day one. Because here's the thing. I'm great at giving advice, but I don't want to give legal advice because I don't practice anymore. And I want to know that the seller has engaged somebody that they trust to handle that part of it. Because it's the smoothness and the seamlessness of the transaction that eliminates the stress and the hassle. Right? Vince, is that common with you, too? Do you find with sellers you get it before the listing or before the transaction? So very rarely, I will get a seller who I've worked with in the past or a referral from another client seller before it's listed, only if they, you know, uh, don't already have an agent or haven't contacted an agent. 99% of the time, and I'm sure everyone on this uh, podcast would agree, 99% of the time, the attorneys are contacted after either an offer has been made or more likely the sellers accepted and frankly charlie uh, we have to do good work for our clients but we're also here to not step on the real estate agent's toes not make them look bad and a lot of times it's my relationships with real estate agents where that's when i get involved that when they ask do you have an attorney and if you don't i'll give you three names that's when i have a shot charlie at getting involved and, uh, you know, and honestly, that is the majority of cases. And maybe it's because I'm a former attorney. I, I just like to have my client, buyer or seller, prepared for most contingencies. And in the world, right now, I've got like 10 buyers. The hardest thing I'm having is they're like, well, I don't have an attorney. And I'm like, well, you can't wait until we're under contract because we have five business days to do the attorney review. And if you haven't hired the attorney, what if the person isn't ready to start on day one or they're in trial or they're busy or they've got 500 other closings in the next two months because they're a really good closing attorney. So same thing. If you wait to call the inspector till the day after you've signed the contract, you've lost a day. you know the seller's going to sign. So I have three deals out right now. I know the seller's going to sign them today or tomorrow. I've already had my clients prepared to have the inspector ready. We're doing an inspection on Friday. We're probably going to get a call tomorrow Uh-oh. and, <laughs> you know, or tonight. Yeah. And, that you know, there's not enough time. You know, you used to be able to ask for seven days or ten days for attorney review and inspection. They People are countering with three, three. or worse, none. Uh, you know, you mean they're mul- not even going to accept anybody with multiple the- offer situation. I've had people mm-hmm. that are like, Rich, you lost out. I'm like, I had an escalating thing, everything. They're like, you lost out because the other person dropped their inspection. Interesting. Now, as a general rule, I never recommend to a client to drop an inspection. It's a, if they if the property is that hot. Yeah. It can handle having a day or two wait for an inspection. It's going to sell, right? It's going over full price. When the other realtor or the listing agent tells me the other, you know, other offers have dropped their inspection, I just think that's foolish. And, you know, we're not in the deal-killing business. I don't want to get there. But, Vince, what is, if somebody drops, you know, does the appraisal waiver, the inspection waiver, does all these waiver things, can, and then all of a sudden, they can still have an inspection, right, Vince? Yes. Yes, yes, you can. uh, And by the way, when somebody drops the attorney review or inspection, I'm sending an email asking that client to confirm in writing their full understanding because that is a bit concerning. And I don't feel like uh, someone later misunderstanding or thinking that I could have done more. So that's very dicey for everyone. For everyone listening, uh, you know, I would counsel, please avoid that. But if it's your dream home, you're 
do what you got to do. I get it. Uh, I'll still come alongside of you. But no, uh, I don't like when I see that. And then, yes, of course, um, you can still do an inspection, but it can't assist you in getting out of the deal. Did you say can or cannot? Uh, N-O-T cannot assist you in getting out of the deal if you dropped the contingency, the it depends on it. Don't you have a period, though, that as an attorney you can mix an agreement over a certain period of time? Is that true? Yes, but get a load of this. Um, you got to make a decision as an attorney. Are you going to be honest or are you going to be zealous? And and you would think uh, uh, you're always allowed to be both. But what happens no. when someone gets a bad inspection and then they're like, kill the deal in the attorney review? You're actually, I, I mean, probably as attorneys, we do that all the time. You might call it pretext or a fake reason for another reason being true. But even if you have the attorney review, you're asking me, me to lie or you're or you're presenting it as a lie and i'm not saying if i've ever done it or not but i'm telling you it could get dicey if your counterpart if some seller's attorney goes you want to know what i know you got a bad inspection and now you're claiming you're kill, killing the deal under some sort of modification clause i don't like how this is going if some seller's attorney pushes back it could get ugly richard not in your head yes yeah no it's absolutely you know Honesty and forthrightfulness are transparency. It's the most important thing. Oh yeah. And you know, I'd rather have a deal die than have it go into litigation or have it go into a, a uh, an arbitration situation. Um, and honestly, it will ruin that relationship. Yes. For everyone involved in the deal, most likely. Yeah. So. I know from you know as a professional and the other professionals, our goal is to make sure that we service the client to the I'm best. I'm glad of you're our, repeating that over and over again. You don't know how happy it is to hear that. It's what we. Do. I mean, yeah. I know it's trite, but it's true. It's what we do. Yeah. I, I do this because I like helping people. You know Same what I mean? Here. It's it, rewarding, it, just like I said in the beginning. It, it, it's instantly. So as a lobbyist, it would take six years to pass a piece of legislation to, you know, to anti-chop up a car. <laughs> I find someone a house in a week and they're in it in two months and they're all smiles and everything's great. Yeah. It's just it, and it, it's just more personally enriching, I find. And then what do you, so let, let's keep moving along. All right. You found yeah. somebody a house and now the bad guys come in. Well, what's so, your what's your? <laughs> <laughs> no, not bad guys. These I think of their insurance. Sorry, Mark. You're my insurance agents. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody is an insurance policy meant to protect the client. Mm-hmm. An inspection is insurance, right? It's to make sure that we're prepared for a bad case scenario. But we still have home inspectors that are doing three, four, five inspections a day. They're in and out in an hour. They got the report written before they're gone. And Mark, what's your average time on site? Uh, oh, certainly it's going to be about three hours. Three hours. Uh, every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, four every once in a while it will be. Yeah, the reality is that it climbs to four or five, especially if we start having a lot of add-ons, uh, which I always absolutely think we should have. You know, I, I personally would never buy another piece of property again without a sewer scope because I've seen how bad the sewer scopes go. Well, so, um that is yeah, such a good transi- tra- transition because I referred Charles, Charlie, a client who are developer clients of mine. They do single family and multi-unit rehab and sure. they didn't usually do sewer inspections. And I referred them to Charlie because yeah. they did the full panoply of services. And the first house that I found them had a buckled basement floor, which Why? sort of is a usual indication yeah. of a sewer or a water issue. And they didn't want to spend the money. And they just, you know, and I'm like, guys, this is probably not good. But they're like, oh, well, we're going to tear the floor up anyways. But it was a $15,000 sewer replacement line extra, mm. which for That's a lot of money, how much so, does a sewer yeah, line they, scope they, and they camera cost? We're we're at three and a quarter, but we are raising our prices to three fifty. Okay, so for three fifty to not have lost fifteen thousand dollars is a, you know, five hundred. It's a huge savings, right? Yeah, yeah it's an over. And here's the thing: we live in Chicago. All of our sewers are old. You know, they're all clay tile. In Rogers Big Park, they're replacing them because they're 100 or 110 years old, and they're terrible. Yeah. You know, and we all have yeah. trees on our lots, and the trees' roots get into mm-hmm. the so. And the roots aren't necessarily a bad thing. We just you know just switch that over to maintenance. Right. 
That's yeah. but that's if people I, even I, think about it. Right. But you know, I bet if we polled people, maybe five out of a hundred people would even think that the sewer is something that you have to deal with. One of them would be my ninety-seven-year-old dad, who, <laughs> who as an engineer, we had a we had a counter on the garage door opener as it went up and down, so he would know what the life usage was of the springs for the garage door. <laughs> well, that's, that's cool. I like right? guys like that. <laughs> Sm- it was it was interesting, trivial information, but most homeowners don't think of those things. Homeowners don't change their furnace filter. Yeah, I mean. And that itself is going back to your pre-listing thing. I mean, Mark, you know, share with us. If yes. we have a client and we pull yeah. the filter out and it's filthy, dirty, what's going through our client's head? Yeah, I mean, I think that just along the lines of everything we've been talking about, service to a client, that just comes through and educating them. I think that we're all talking about, you know, education in a sense of like, okay, this is how your house that you're about to buy works. And this is all the different facets and functions so I'm going to walk you through, okay, this is your furnace, this is where it's located, here's where the you know, filter is, it's dirty now or it's not, and I'm saying you're going to change this quarterly, it's going to help keep you know, your efficiency down, it's going to help the machine not run out and burn out faster. Um, and so now they've just been educated quickly on what could actually save them a lot of money down the road if they know, oh, yeah, you're supposed to change your filter quarterly. Um, My biggest fear... My biggest fear, though, Mark, is when I show my client that dirty filter and then that buyer's remorse starts kicking in. And I I honestly, and Rich, or any of you guys, if you know how to handle this, coach me. I I want help because if my client sees this and if they feel that if the owner of this house didn't care enough to change their filter, what else didn't they care about? Now I'm going to be buying these problems. Well, the way I think I look at that is you know, everybody forgets to change their filter because it's a We're human. It's human, correct? Yeah. yeah. People don't forget to fix the roof that's leaking, yeah. dribbling into their bed, yeah. the dishwasher that's flooding the floor, sewer line backing, sewer up. Line backing up. It's a it's a matter of degree, yeah. but that's where I think our professionalism comes in because the sellers, you live in a house for twenty years, all of those little things disappear from your radar. True. Right? They're in Europe. You don't see them. They've become part of the background noise, Uh, but not to a buyer. You know how buyers are. Uh, uh, Human nature is to come in and spot everything wrong with anything. That's how we are. That's what the news is. That's how our brains are programmed. So when if you, you know. I call them whammies. The fewer whammies on a piece of property, the better the deal. Right. Used to be a TV game show. You, you make it to the end. You know, if there's one whammy, tolerable. When it gets to two, that's usually for me. That makes my the hair on the back of my neck stand up, and I start to get very concerned for my client. If it's three, I'm I'm definitely recommending that they kill the deal simply because I can do better for them. Really? Yeah. That's in, in the market we're in. You know. A sewer line, we can fix that. But Everything if it's a, can be fixed. But if it's a mm. sewer line and it's the drain tile or the gutters, then it's more indicative of a general lack of maintenance and concern. And then it's, you know, we're going to find more. Every time we open something up, we're going to find two or three other things. Unless that's their business, that's not what the buyer wants to deal with. No, that sounds fair. I always yeah, I say it. But, oh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I think that, like, I, that's a, a part of the reason why it takes me a long time to kind of do the inspections, or at least I don't rush, is that I want to let them know about all this. Like, hey, yeah, the filter is bad, but this one is pretty easy to fix, and this happens to everybody. And you're going to kind of be explaining stuff like that all along the way. So you're trying to let them know that it's an issue, how the house functions, but at the same time, you know, it's not really something that's out of control. And so I think, you know, that on top of going over pictures at the end of the report and kind of re-summating again, you know, how we feel about the issue and how, on a, you know, on a kind of like a floating scale of how important it is, really cuts down the level of, of them freaking out, too, so that they can get to the gadgets. They, they can know, okay, these are the really kind of the big ones that we're looking at. Everything else is stuff that's, that's a part of the normal house that can be fixed sort of easily. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I always say that everything boils down to two things. It's how much and who pays. And with the how much stuff, I can always help people and give them a rough idea with that. And and we do have a relationship with a company called Porch. So they'll take our home inspection reports and they'll give exact figures with contractors to go ahead so they know exactly how much it's going to cost. 
But the who pays part is really up to our clients with coaching from their real estate agent and also their attorney. And so that brings me to question events. You know, it's basically events. You, you, I assume, do most of the negotiating between issues and that, but you got to get some input from the real estate agent, and that's an assumption on my part. So tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh, you are right, and this sounds so self-serving. It sounds lacking in credibility because Rich is, you know, on the line here. But um, we you can gotta, trash Rich. Like, it's okay. I'm thick-skinned. I'm the only one he's in within arm's reach to hit, so it's all good. <laughs> well, oh, wait, I thought this button is a little electroshock there. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but the point is the opposite. It's you got to be a team. You got to be a team with the real estate agent um, because you want to comfort the buyer, you want to comfort the seller. You want to have a consistent message. We don't lie to our clients. We're not no. allowed to. But So it's not about spin. It's about just collaboration and the same messaging. And you know, for buyers, one of the hardest things for me, and especially with new buyers, and no, I don't know Rich all that well, but with all my other agents, uh, I'm like one of the few people, I love working with new buyers. I'm in this business too, to meet people. I love going into closings, as strange as that sounds. I love I love the smiling faces of family, kids, people getting a new bedroom, uh, a married couple with their first place. So I love working with new buyers, but the hardest thing, the hardest thing with the new buyers is tapering, tampering down what to ask about. And, and you guys may already uh, have highlighted this on another broadcast, but the contracts, some of the form contracts say anything under $250 you can't ask about. Is that uh, the seven O or is that Chicago? Which one is that? I think that's uh, that's in the car uh, yep. general Cars? provisions. Okay, uh, page three or or four of just is like that. What you read? Yeah, I like the four page contract. I find the okay. seven. You know, it's harder to email. Seven point is like thirty seven pages. I'm like, I'm, and I'm half of it's not relevant to each transaction. I'm yeah. like, you know, let's not kill the trees. Sorry, Vince. <laughs> I, I I got a little ADD <laughs> on you there. No, I, I'll follow both threads. The seven, uh, my opinion, just a heads up to the world out there 7.0 is much more seller friendly and the car uh it actually closes a lot more doors uh uh i can explain that on another time but um back to working collaboratively and counseling buyers you can't ask for everything under the sun and that's the hardest thing and that's where i like to work closely with the realtors which is to say this is what my client wants let's talk about and give them a call or here's an email of what they've listed off can you massage this because the biggest thing is how old are the mechanicals, how old are things, and people walk in and they see a 20-year-old uh, furnace or a 30-year-old roof and they're like, well, you know, we gotta ask about that. But actually, all these forms, in Illinois at least, they all say, useful life and if it's working and in proper working order the age does not matter so those are the challenges uh with buyers and how you have to work collaboratively with the agents charlie and vince so this is why i always i always have a conversation with the attorney no matter buyer or seller before we then have the call usually a conference call to go over the inspection one because we both understand it more likely than the client does okay. from a deeper level and two I cannot tell you how many clients they're like, you know, the P-trap is rusted. That's a $5 thing. That doesn't qualify. You. you know, the the water filter in the fridge. I'm like, that's $30. No, Rich, well, Rich, those are big ticket items. No, no, you, 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 no, 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 no. Right, they're like. No, I'm joking. Listen to this. They're worried about door handles, man. No, no, yeah. I, uh, an outlet cover. So, little quick yeah. story. I'm selling a million and a half single family total gut rehab in Logan Square last year. We're going to the. We're at the final inspection. The buyers lose their mind because the mailbox is not the one that they asked for. My seller's there. We're like, well, my seller doesn't remember her attorney. Oh, I can't reach the attorney. The buyer's agent, who's a 30-year experienced agent, tells me, Rich, this is going to kill the deal. Now, being who I am and being funny, I laugh in her face. And she's like, How'd that go over? She didn't like it. And I look at her and I go, I go, you don't understand. Please go to the closing and try and tell them the closing isn't happening because the mailbox is not the one you specified. And literally, they're like huffing, they're stamping their feet. You know, I call my client and I'm like, I step out of the door. I'm like, do you authorize me to do the following? 
I take a $100 bill, I crumple it up, I toss it at the buyer's agent, and I'm like, there's your mailbox, Bye bye now. A $100 mailbox on a million and a half single family. And they were actually threatening. So I didn't go into, you know, I didn't want to give her the legal thing, you can't, we'll see you were taking your money, you know, but it's, people are petty. And so the little details, yeah. even though they may not technically raise to that level, emotionally they can cause people to want to kill a deal. Now, I, I will jump in on this, and, and I'm going to ask Joey to pipe in on this. First of all, Joey is a retired fireman, all right? So he just left uh, Cicero, I want to say, about three, four months ago or even less. Thanks Joey, for your service, Joey. And, and Joey, did you ever take any officer development classes? Um. I did not, and uh, that's, I know it's embarrassing to say. No, but, that's fine. It's uh, not embarrassing. It's, it's all good, as long as you enjoy what you're doing. But I was going after the emotion and the logic side of the brain. Did you guys ever have discussions on that? I think more in the Marines. And more in the Marines. More that stuff, yeah. Well, go ahead and share, and, and let's see if we agree or disagree on this. Tell me what I mean by that or what you, what you know about that. Yeah, I mean, so any situation that uh, comes to you, there's going to be an emotional reaction or a logical reaction. You can't do both, right? That's the um, key right there. That's what I wanted to hear. The human brain physically cannot right. respond both emotionally and logically. And I think that a sign of a good professional is somebody that can keep people thinking on that logic side. And and that's where I'm hearing from, from you, Rich, is I'm pointing my finger at Rich, I'm sorry, but I'm doing it in happiness, not in anger. You know, <laughs> exactly, wiggle the fingers and stuff. Um, and that's what I'm hearing. You know, get them on that logic side and, and keep them there. And because, you know, the greatest thing about the United States of America, I'm going to go, you know, chest pounding, flag waving here. We got this freedom of choice, which everybody should, that's the most important right that we have. And I value each and every person's choice that, that exists out there. Sometimes though we make bad choices and a hundred dollar mailbox on a million dollar home isn't a logical choice. And if we can get them back on that main path and say, listen, this is what you're gonna lose. And I'm, Vince, do you go down that road? Do you tell them what their risk and rewards or losses are? Uh, how about, Sometimes, Fair enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I have a duty to give my clients all options. However, you know, just like you, you, you all know, we're in a people business. I judge what a client can tolerate or hear, and and I decide timing-wise when to, you, you know, share with them. And uh, you know, I have a litigation background. Did litigation for nine years. You go to my website. I have a real estate litigation tab. It nice. very rarely gets clicked. As you <laughs> I'd imagine uh, the goal is to not have litigation, but when it comes to it, at the end of the day, if my cl and also if my clients ever ask, is this a breach? Do you can we do litigation? I have to answer. But Charlie, to be honest, we're here to close deals and not cost our clients longer money to be in a two-year lawsuit. So I try to save that to the very end, either when I'm asked directly or when it really can't be resolved. So everything usually can sort through with negotiation, and uh, uh, I'll only bring that up at the end, Charlie, if I have to. No, that's fair. We're starting to get towards the end of the show. I just got the five-minute warning here. So I, I and we haven't really done too many commercials and stuff. So I want to go through the lines. Uh, Vince, please give me the whole schlubbing. Who are you and how do they get hold of you? Sure. Uh, we are Riccio Law Offices. Uh, we can be reached at Chicago. I apologize. We can be reached at reallawchicago.com. We are on Facebook. We are on uh, LinkedIn. We are at uh, realestaterevealed.com. And our phone number is 312-263-0010. And please feel free to email. You can, we, we, you know, our paralegals can respond too, but you're welcome to email me directly at Vince at reallawchicago.com, my first name, and then the same as our website, Charlie. Thank you. Joey? Yep, uh, Joey Matthews, NMLS 133-0694. Uh, you can reach me on my cell phone literally anytime in this market. Uh, everyone's working nine to five, right? People don't wanna reach out to me during non-working hours. That's when I get busy, is outside of normal working hours. So 630-235-2405, personal cell phone. Text or call anytime. And Mark. 
Yeah, you can uh, you can reach us at uh, thehomeinsters.com, so you can um, go there. And you can call 630-327-2700 for scheduling. And uh, if you have specific concerns in that, um, you can uh, email me at mark at chicagolandhomeinspectors.net or, uh, or call me at uh, 773-263-6658. And, you know, just to add to it, Mark gave me our, our, my cell phone number, which is cool, <laughs> you know, I, but I'm giggling about all that. Our business number is 312-544-9180. We do have call staff that understands home inspection. Um, they're actually staffed those phones 24-7, all right? I'm not going to lie. I don't want to answer the phone at 10 o'clock at night, all right? I want to spend the evening hours with my family, and we try to run our business that way. Rich, give me the the scoop on you. Sure. It's Rich Aronson. I'm the team leader of the Avenue Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Chicago. You can call me on my cell or text me at 773-294-8888. You can also email me at raronson, that's R-A-R-O-N-S-O-N, at bhhschicago.com, richaronson.com, The Avenue Group. You can check us all out. All right. I just want to end up with, you know, going around the table one more time. Just words of wisdom. And so think about this. We're going to go with Rich first this time, make it hard on him just so I can watch him strain or squirm a little bit. Um, if you had a brand new real estate agent, all right, what advice would you give them to be successful in this profession? Persistence, persistence, persistence. It's funny you say those three words. This is not a business that you no. succeed in the first six months on. This is, you know. This is a business that's built on relationships. Relationships take time. If you're all about speed dating these relationships, this is not going to work out for you over the long term. Love it. Joey, same question. This is like the dating game here. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, obviously, A, get pre-approved. Uh, tr trust your realtor in this market right now. I'm having a lot of people that, that have uh, gotten iffy. They think that they're negotiating against themselves and they lose a house. Trust your realtor. Seriously. I, I can do the mortgage. It's easy, but trust your realtor. And, and I'm sorry. I didn't ask the question right. If you had a new mortgage broker coming into the business, what advice would you give them to be successful in this? Guidelines, guidelines, guidelines. The, I mean... I, Networking is the biggest thing, but it, what's the point of a network if you can't close a loan? I love it. And Vince, same thing for attorneys. What would you give advice for a new attorney coming into the real estate business? Please don't move into my market. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say don't practice law. <laughs> uh, I would say don't get uh, haughty or frustrated with new buyers. Treat them like gold. The new buyers are the most nervous and the most excited, and you can make or break this whole experience for them. So be loving and, and uh, available to new buyers who have tons and tons of questions. And Mark, same thing for home inspectors on you, and we are running out of time. Uh, as if uh, a new and home inspector or a new home inspector? I would tell them to take their time. You know, like, everything has to be a rush. Help the, uh, help the client understand the house with them so that their eyes can be as wide open as possible. They can understand how their new home works and what any of the possible pitfalls might be. Sounds good. And I think I'm going to finish up with myself where the three most important words and i and i can't stress how happy i'm hearing you guys repeat the same words over again three most important words in real estate are location 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 but the three most important words in any real estate professional better be reputation 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 and that's what we all live for so i want to thank you for listening to the home buyers hour and i want to thank everybody who's been here with me thank you for having us charlie and, great. and that's it i enjoyed this and i can't believe how fast this hour goes so thank you and we're out